1: Today's episode, we're going to cover the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, or eternal sunshine of of the spotless mind, or some variation thereof. (laughs) This is a 2004 Jim Carrey, uh, Kate Winslet, Mark Ruffalo, Elijah Wood, and some others, uh, a film that was... um, uh, well-received by critics. Universally well-received. Yes, I think it had what, a 92 or a 94% on the tomato meter. And I think
0: it's somewhere around there on Metacritic. Mm-hmm. I think 80 or above mm-hmm. um, means universal acclaim. Right. So it's oh, okay. fondly remembered as a movie even 18 years later. Okay. Well,
1: and I will say that this is a film that I remember <clears throat> being out in the theater and um, not being a, a big Jim Carrey fan. Mm-hmm. It was not anything that appealed to me. I've already said on a previous podcast that Kate Winslet's one of my favorite female actors. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the time, I'm not sure I was that discerning, uh, even though that was... She had had... You know, well, she, she had been in the Titanic, of course. Right, and that's what I know her primarily right. for. Mm-hmm. She's been in a million other things. A million other things, and and she's won an Oscar, uh, but I don't know for what. But anyway, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is a film that is uh, one that I'm going to have Noah describe, mm-hmm. because it is quite, um, I think on paper, it is quite an interesting mm-hmm. Um, concept yeah so the general
0: plot synopsis of this movie is that two people get into a relationship and then one without telling the other uh, gets a procedure done that erases all memories of that person and the relationship and then uh, the other Jim Carrey finds out And decides to have the same procedure. But things don't go quite according to plan. And that's where the meat of this movie is. Um, This is obviously a very different role for Jim Carrey. And I think this is where it stands out. This is one of his few serious roles. Especially that was received well. He's done a couple. I think there was a movie called The Number Nine that got... Quite literally below nine percent on the mm-hmm. tomato meter, so it was not well received. Would one refer to the Truman Show as a dramatic turn for him? Absolutely, and I think that came out just before mm-hmm. uh, Eternal Sunshine, mm-hmm. but I think that really showed that he didn't have to just be the funny man mm-hmm. who is quite literally like a real life cartoon character. Mm-hmm. The way he contorts his face and mm-hmm. his body, and he he was known for um, his impressions right. too. So and the mask and. Ace Ventura, right? That was what he was... Those were his big hits. And, and, Dumb was and around that
1: time, too. Well, and Cable Guy. a Cable Guy, and, yeah. And uh, The uh, Grinch. That was around that time, too. 2001, I want to say. Oh, was it that long ago? Yeah, okay. and Ron Howard directed that yes, film. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. So,
0: pretty cool stuff. But I digress. Uh, this film came out on March 19th, 2004. And sometimes you can tell its age. It's really interesting to sort of go back and see a movie where the technology is really telling mm-hmm. of that era mm-hmm. of where it was. But I think that's also what adds to the personality of this movie, too. When we got all of – when we had these technological advances like iPads and smartphones in the hand of everybody, even young people, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of communication was lost face-to-face even Mm -hmm. though it was greater than ever. And you really – people come over to other people's places. They don't text each other their feelings really. You know, They come over and their grievances, whatever they are, they tell it to one another's faces. And I think that has somewhat been lost in a lot of the films that we watch nowadays. There's plenty of rom-coms, but I think it adds a more human element that is just from a bygone era that can be replicated in Hollywood, but not in the same way that it genuinely felt back then.
1: And one might argue, as a Gen Xer, Mm -hmm. that um, uh, because of the more limited technology... Mm -hmm. Things were more effective, or at least communication was more effective, which is somewhat ironic in mm-hmm. that we can communicate in so many ways now, yet the old standard of actually being in person, mm-hmm. like you and I are now, yeah. as opposed to Zoom, can lead to more effective and beneficial communication.
0: Absolutely. There's a scene early on where he's using a landline. Mm-hmm. Uh, or yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, the landline comes up many a time in this film. And, uh, yeah, he's using a phone booth. And I thought that was very interesting yes, because he was, calling his, he was calling his boss. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, even uh, 2004 was obviously a long time ago, um, almost 20 years ago. But it doesn't feel that long ago, thing, right? I'm,
1: if it doesn't feel that long ago to you, imagine how it feels to me. Oh, well, I was in kindergarten in 2004. Yeah. Wow. Well. So. It feels like it was five years ago to me. I know that sounds so bizarre, but I mean, I think the 2000s have just flown by. Oh, certainly. I mean, the 2000s, these are still the 2000s, Mm -hmm. the 2020s. But anyway, I am very interested. We, again, you know, as per the whole deal with this podcast, we Mm -hmm. have not discussed this. What did you watch it uh, and how many sittings?
0: I watched it on Thursday night, and I watched it in one sitting. Well, you could say technically two because Grace fell asleep 15 minutes before it ended, and then we watched the ending over again um, the next day. So I watched it all the way through, and then I got to experience the ending again, which I'm actually pretty thankful for because sometimes you need to experience something twice to get the full impact Mm -hmm. of it, even though I liked it enough the first time. Mm -hmm. But it was good for Grace and
1: I to discuss it afterwards. Right. Uh, We watched it in two sittings on Thursday and Friday night. Uh, i was tired both nights i made mm-hmm. it through 30 minutes the first night mm-hmm. and then the remainder uh, the second night mm-hmm. so uh, and your mom struggled through it just because we were both really tired um but i i'm glad it was my homework i'm very grateful that this was a film that we chose for the podcast because i was not interested in it in 2004 mm-hmm. and candidly i was not interested in it going into watching the film mm-hmm. in 2022. Right. Okay, so, big question. What'd you think of it? You know what I thought of it, Noah's Iser. You didn't like it? I did not. (sighs) Ah, come on. Uh, And and I knew this would be a film that we would disagree on. I have to say that I really liked him in this film. Yeah. I think he's good. I think Jim Carrey is much more um watchable when he's in a dramatic turn. And he's not in, me. not in very many. So no, it's a shame. And I think I think we're gonna to start to see a Jim carrey uh, I I disagree really? because he actually recently said that he's
0: considering quitting acting very mm. soon. He's sixty mm. now. Um and what's wrong with sixty? Well at a certain point, you know, you've made your millions, you've got other interests. He's Done all the work. He's really yeah, going to be remembered little, for, yeah, he's, and he's in the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Right, and people so are praising him for that. But yeah. I think he's just had his fill, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, he's—I mean—he's done so much work. Uh, at a certain point, maybe, and he's on the talk show circuit talking about Will Smith. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah so he's back in the news, and some people disagree with that. But mm-hmm. regardless, I think that um, I think this is a really strong way to look back at his mm-hmm. career. And you know, sometimes artists say that they're going to quit or they're thinking about quitting and mm-hmm. they end up doing 10 more years, right? Yeah. But you have to remember in 10 years, he's going to be 70 years old. Mm-hmm. So, And what's wrong with that? Well, there's plenty of older actors and actresses, but with his genre, I feel like it's
1: much easier to just call it when you're at the top. You finish off. But why wouldn't he, knowing the success or at least the critical success he has had in dramatic roles, mm-hmm. take advantage of that? Because what's his wheelhouse? It's comedy. And I think it really adds a, an Tom extra... Tom wheelhouse was comedy. And look, he's one of the most lauded dramatic actors in, of our time.
0: Right, but that's how people see him nowadays, yeah, right? Yeah. So a long time, yeah. I think that Jim Carrey uh, really benefits from doing comedy, what he's known for as a comedian, mm-hmm. but also when you see a dramatic role that's in a good movie for him, mm-hmm. people say, wow, he actually has the chops to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that really helps him be multifaceted without painting himself into one specific corner that mm-hmm. he's done well in. Mm-hmm. So that's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind for me. I thought he was quite good in it. And uh, I that's did too, and like
1: I said, he was the highlight. No, this film uh, was exactly, exactly what I thought it was going to be back in 2004, and it was exactly what I feared it was going to be in 2022. Um, I, I did not think there was anything likable about um, Clementine, who is uh, Kate Winslet's character. Mm-hmm. I I mean I would have dropped, I would have wanted her out of my mind immediately.
0: Well, she was quirky and she there was, was completely unlikable That
1: were wrong.
0: well, I think that was part of the point. She wasn't the normal person that you would necessarily mm-hmm. fall for and he was this boring, very reserved and
1: fearful guy. And he wasn't terribly likable either. Well, I mean it wasn't that he was That's what I appreciate he was just dull. That's what I appreciate about this though because it shows two entirely
0: separate people. Mhm who would not realistically be together or wouldn't be that ba- that likely. Mm-hmm. And it shows that they're not perfect, right? You're not rooting for one person over the other because you can see the flaws in each of them. Now, Clementine, it might be more on the surface, depending on how you identify. You might be somebody who's much more like Clementine and then say Jim Carrey's character was too boring or too mean, right? I just
1: didn't know how, even though opposites attract, I could not see how they... I actually know someone or a couple people like Clementine mm-hmm. and I have Outspoken seen in real life and just very, um, uh, colorful in, in a, in a, in a good way. And I don't mean the hair color and things like that. I yeah, just yeah. mean someone who is just sort of living in the moment, right? Impulsive, impulsive, um, not thinking about implications of current behaviors and decisions, and how they affect the future. So all of that said, those people, at least the one I'm thinking of, is was actually drawn to a person who was not like that at all. So opposites attract. So this was reflective of that. But I just could not see how she could find him interesting. Even though mm-hmm. opposites attract and he was the complete opposite, for lack of another word, of her, why would she be drawn to that? And I could see why he would be drawn to her because she was exciting and interesting Mm -hmm. and and just, you know, sort of you never knew what was going to come out of her mouth or what she was going to do next. And that would be fun for about five minutes. And then I would realize, and I think that's what happened over time, he just realized that, you know, that was was it. Sometimes
0: love is blind, right? uh, Absolutely. I mean, Kate Winslet quite literally dated somebody who was an entirely different social class from her in um, Titanic, right? She fell in love with is like the princess and the pauper, essentially. Because Leonardo DiCaprio's character was, um, I think, uh, you know, he a came, stowaway. Yeah, I was about to say mm-hmm. somewhat of a stowaway and didn't really have that much going on for him and she was royalty. Yeah. So I think it's For movie purposes and context
1: purposes, there's lots. I I just like that movie so much more.
0: Right. I mean, but don't you know couples that are not exactly the same? And I can think of one of the people that you're probably thinking about. (laughs) But, I mean, you know couples that um, opposites attract, Uh right? But sometimes I think the way this movie was portrayed, I didn't think we got enough from Clementine's character necessarily Mm -hmm. to see Mm -hmm. more of her. Mm -hmm. But I bought it.
1: I bought it. I thought – so shall we move into spoilers?
0: Um, let uh, You should go over a couple other general things that you didn't like about the
1: movie and then I'll yeah. give a little bit of my piece and then we can go into spoilers. Yeah, okay. So as the movie begins, I feel like we're going to get the story of how their relationship came to be. And I guess we do. But then all of a sudden it transitions to um, his awareness or his decision to have her erased from his mind. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was an abrupt transition and I was kind of liking where it was going yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden it turned. And then the entire scene or scenes, it's basically an hour of the movie where he is having his his memory erased.
0: And they're going through his mind and his memory. And they're
1: going through his mind and we're we're sort of living that experience. It was interestingly done. It was a little confusing. And the entire and I guess maybe that's we'll save that for spoilers. The way it was done and what was going on around him while it was being done was confusing. And the other thing I didn't quite get was, so he never really went into an office to have his memory erased that was all a part of what he was thinking no, while so, his memory was being erased?
0: So he – right. So he went into the office to ask for the procedure to get uh, to get it done mm-hmm. and they gave him some qualifying questions and ideas about that. But then they had him back at home on his bed because the whole thing is you're going to wake up and you're not going to have any recollection of uh, your past partner, whatever you wanted mm-hmm. erased uh, mm-hmm. from your memory. So – in his mind he was reliving places Mm -hmm. he had been you know just fragments just i mean it's like when you dream about something that you're like oh that was totally random but you might have seen a dog that day and then you might have thought about the circus so you might think about circus animals or something like that when you dream Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. fragments of his imagination that kind of messily came together Mm -hmm. and i'll agree with you i thought that A lot of this movie kind of was confusing with the instantaneous jumps. You're not sure if he was talking to a memory of Clementine or if he was monologuing to himself. And in most cases, the answer was yes, he was talking to a memory of Clementine. Right, but I think it came together really beautifully at the end. And I think it came full circle. But despite that, I think there could have been some times where... A little bit more clarity was shown to where he was and what the situation was. Because at a certain point, you understand that he's essentially chasing Clementine through multiple memories that they had together.
1: Whether they were good and bad and reflecting on how he really he really did love her. Let us make sure that when we get to spoilers in another minute that we talk about the end.
0: Okay, sounds good. Um, I Just for general purposes, yeah. before we go into spoilers... I liked this movie. Uh-huh. I thought it was quite well done. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think it's an all-timer per se, but I think it's a perfectly good romantic somewhat comedy or drama. I thought it hit some good emotional heights uh, here and there, but I thought it was beautifully done the way it was wrapped up in the end and sort of the message that it gave about you. sometimes if you're in a bad relationship, it's it, it's it's very easy to say I wish – I could just forget about this. Or something bad happened to you, you're like, I wish something... I could forget about this entirely. But I would be happier. But he
1: realized as his memory was being erased that there were happy, mom- happy memories that he had of her that he did not want to let go.
0: Absolutely. It's like the saying, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened in the first place. Right? So I, I, I think that's I think that's actually very touching. I, I've never heard that saying. <laughs> I think it's very touching because... No, I, no I'm serious. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I think it's very touching because... Oftentimes, if something bad happens to you, you don't want to remember it, right? It doesn't feel good to remember it. But isn't it better to have had that lived experience and learned from it? It's better
1: to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all.
0: And I think that's another great applicable quote here. Mm -hmm. So that's really, really good. Um, So I think that's a really sweet sort of message, even if there's like a lot of pain in the way. Mm -hmm. So um, I did like the movie. I know you didn't. I did not. Spoiler territory. Here Here we we go. If you want to watch it, go ahead and do it. Don't. If you and if you don't, then just go ahead and listen to the spoiler section. All right, so what do you
1: got? All right, okay. The whole thing, the whole scene where Mark Ruffalo and Kirsten Dunst are unprofessional, unprofessional, smoking dope and jumping naked on the bed while he is literally having his memories erased while lying on the bed was ridiculous, ludicrous, nonsensical. Irritating, Unprofessional. Unprofessional, <laughs> unnecessary, unwatchable almost. I mean, it was just like... Really? Uh, why?
0: why? Because they're dumb and they're but young. Why? There's not a reason. We Just because we wouldn't do it doesn't mean that people who well, would... That's a
1: good point, but it just seemed silly. I mean, I... It, that's because it was. It was frivolous. I mean, I right? know the whole concept of having your memories of a certain person mm-hmm. being erased is illogical or mm-hmm. you know but so i guess i i guess one could argue that the circumstances going on around that can be illogical and be forgiven but it just was sort of i mean i don't know it, uh, what uh, what i am glad was that we discovered something out of that which we'll get to in just a minute right right that was okay. an interesting subplot mm-hmm. there's a bit of a twist i liked it um, i liked it a lot because it gave me some it, it gave me some meat on yeah. really an otherwise ridiculous premise.
0: Yeah, but in this situation with what you're referring to... Yeah. I, Go ahead and say it. I liked that you got a three-dimensional sense of these characters. Okay, you could tell Mark Ruffalo was a little off-kilter but a really brilliant guy who was part of this business and had done many of these procedures. You saw uh, Kirsten Dunst as this very polite receptionist who was very professional and you know not really going outside of any bounds of that matter. I think because you have this surface-level perception of people, it shows how terrible people can be. They can take advantage. I mean, this movie essentially culminated to how people are taken can be taken advantage of when they're in a vulnerable state like that. I'll give you that. Yeah, because Jim Carrey was asleep. It's just, is it moral to do that? No. But can you do it and have fun? He's asleep. You're in his apartment. You're eating his food. It doesn't make it right. But when you're given that kind of power, some people will take
1: that. You know some people take advantage of that situation okay but okay you know me sure. right I'm a responsible or at least I think to think I'm a responsible adult mm-hmm. so the the idea for me if I were in that situation I would still never do that because I'd be afraid he'd wake up
0: well I would I, I, I would too I would I would too I'm but analyzing it's, this a little too much you gotta you just got you got to remember how fallible people can be right? And I think their irresponsibility has led them to many other situations. Like, you know, especially the greater story that's revealed later. You realize that Kirsten Dunst was irresponsible beforehand and she can be, she could have been quite impulsive. And for him, he was sidetracked into really liking this girl. So he decided to, you know, do drugs and drink alcohol while he was doing a professional procedure. Right. You know, and then he just wanted to have fun uh, together. So I think that it just shows how fallible people can be. And,
1: and you know what? We're all human, right? And yeah. we all make mistakes, and we all experience or demonstrate poor judgment at times. Mm-hmm. I, it just was hard to like the characters because of the lack of responsibility they took with this entire thing.
0: I don't think you ha- you were supposed to. I think you were just supposed to learn something from. Them. I know, but
1: for me, when I watch a film, I gotta like some of the characters, and and there weren't there wasn't a whole lot of likability in these. Now tell me the deal with Elijah Wood, Patrick. Okay, what was the deal?
0: Uh, so. You probably know this, but Elijah Wood was – he took Joel's old belongings that he wrote about his old girlfriend who he was trying to erase, uh, all of his personal possessions, and basically learned what Joel said and did that his old girlfriend really liked. So he started – so he used that information to pretend he was like the Joel that she had beforehand, and it kind of jogged her memory, but – It allowed her to really like him because even though she forgot who Joel was, she still loved those things that Joel did for her. So Mm -hmm. he basically gave himself a cheat, a fast pass, Mm -hmm. and honestly, a very morally questionable way to sort of get a girlfriend, of course. So, you know, he Mm -hmm. used this information to his advantage, which was ultimately the downfall of the entire business because people took really heavy advantage of that, right? So – he was just this weak, spineless guy mm-hmm. who couldn't get a girlfriend, and he stole Joel's personal belongings. to so the advantage he, of Joel. So that he could take his girlfriend, because he's like, okay, they're both going to forget each other. Naomi I'm gonna get Clementine. To Clementine?
1: Clementine. Right. Because Naomi was the girlfriend that Joel had, um, Jim Carrey's character, before Clementine. Right, and she's mentioned briefly here and there, but
0: yeah. she has no real significance to the plot. We don't ever see her. Yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, um what's what's another problem that you had with it?
1: Um I I guess the things that I've already mentioned. It was I just thought it was a chore to watch and maybe because it was I was so tired, but I also again went into this thinking I don't like the title, so I don't know what this is going to be about. You don't
0: like the title? No.
1: Oh, I think it's something a little different. <laughs> okay. Um I'm glad I watched... Noah, I am so glad we're doing this because these are films I would never watch otherwise. And Fair you got to know, throughout the course of the week, I'll say to your mom, I've got my homework to do on Friday night. we got to watch this. Mm. And, you know, she's up for any movie. Yeah. So she's happy to watch it. Absolutely. So, um, but I think for me, it was just the the, the irresponsibility of the characters, which I'll, I'll give you... It's, it's a film. It's not real life. And those things do happen in real life. And that's okay. It's just was hard for me to watch because I thought I didn't know what was going to happen with Jim Carrey lying there on his bed with a mm-hmm. helmet on his head having valid, his memory though. zapped. That's totally valid. You okay, know? Yeah, on. absolutely. It was just We just saw it two it, different ways. It upset me. Yeah. It didn't upset me, but it was just dis- it
0: was disturbing. Well, no, I totally get that. It's just like <laughs> in a big action movie where somebody is uh going through this opulent room and just crushing everything like a bull in a china shop. There's all this like fancy dinner mm-hmm. and like food and then they just completely destroy all the plates and the chairs and like blow up the building i'm like oh, that's so expensive yeah like, right who's gonna pay for that right you know and it's, it's irrational such a
1: delicate thing they're erasing someone's memories yeah. and, and the people who are doing it are jumping around naked on the bed and smoking pot and yeah getting uh, the munchies and and then cuddling in the chair naked yeah. and, it, it, and it, it's so crazy. they have to call the boss because the system goes down or something
0: yeah and i mean i think those people face consequences, though. uh-huh, yeah, and I think that does show that there's consequences for your actions,
1: okay, so talk about the the reveal for Kirsten Dunst's character.
0: so um anyway, so uh, mark Mark Ruffalo's character goes out for some air, and Kristen uh, Kirsten Dunst is basically just admiring the work that uh, the big boss is doing. And they get to talking, and then they talk about quotes some Shakespeare and um, a couple other well-known poets from a quote book. And she continues to sort of hit on him a little bit. You can start to tell where it's going. So she kisses him, and he's like, oh, no, no, we can't do this. And then he kisses her back. And then his wife comes over and discovers what's happening. And so as she's leaving, um, as she's leaving, uh, she basically says, you know, uh, Kirsten Dunst says, it won't happen again. Um, or you can have them. You already have. And Kirsten Dunst says, what? And sh- uh, she says, oh, you monster. You didn't tell her. And they had been in a past relationship. And he before, had erased her memory. And he had erased her memory. Mm-hmm. So that's what led ultimately to her making the decision to send everybody's tapes back to them. So Because she thought... The business itself was so immoral mm-hmm. because it's because once again, this movie asserts that it's better to have remembered uh-huh. poor experiences and learned from them
1: rather than to forget them entirely. But isn't it interesting that it's OK for her to do this to other people, but it's not OK for it to happen to her. But I think she learns that. Yeah, I, I
0: think she learns that. And I mean, there's irony there. She probably wishes. Yeah, of course. Of course, there's irony. But in terms of Joel and Clementine's story that's where it needed to head but i thought the ending was really really good because it took things full circle In the beginning of the movie you're seeing joel being impulsive he says i'm not an impulsive person i took a train to montauk so he's on this beach and he's writing in his journal and you hear him say it's been two years since i've written in this mm-hmm. thing which is probably about the time from when he met clementine to where he had erased his memory so I thought it wrapped up really beautifully in a way where they still heard each other's grievances about one another and they were hurt by that. It wasn't this perfect ending, like you know, tying up uh, tying it all up in a But they were re-meeting, right? Th- they they were, were their relationship was starting over again. Their relationship was starting over again. But I thought it was beautiful that the beginning showed that's not how they originally met. Uh-huh. They were drawn to each other somehow and uh-huh. they didn't know why mm-hmm. because in his procedure she said to him, meet me in Montauk. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, he said, as a non-impulsive person, he needed to go. Uh-huh. And they were just drawn to each other. And I think that was really sweet, even though they realized that they're not perfect together, but they can give it another go round mm-hmm. because they know of how they felt before.
1: Well, and you know I'm all about the happy ending or the ending with uh, some redemption or, you know. And I, I will well, give you the ending. It was, I liked the way it ended. I
0: thought as well, done. and I honestly was really afraid it would be a very sad ending. Mm. Um,
1: but I thought it wrapped up well enough. See, for me, if it had been a sad ending, I would have been okay with it because, again, the characters just didn't do it for me.
0: Sure. And I think maybe that's just a condition of like where we're at in our lives, right? I think,
1: I think so. And, and admittedly, Noah, I was tired. I didn't want to see it 18 years ago. I... I you didn't really want to it. see it forty-eight <laughs> hours ago, but you chose the movie. I did choose the that. movie, right? Right. Uh, and I'm glad. I'm very, very glad we watched it because, again, yeah. as I said, I would not have watched it, and yeah. I, I really appreciate your opinion on it. Um, so, how many Z's would you give it?
0: Overall, I would probably give it. Let's see, out of five, I would probably give it three and a half Z's. I thought it was, um, I thought it was quite an enjoyable film. I definitely, uh, I definitely liked it. The ending was good, and it made the beginning even better because of the way it all tied around. And it was, it was different. Mm-hmm. It was different. I thought it was a great I'll role for that. Jim Carrey. And mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I've never really loved Kate Winslet's work. But I think she put a lot into this role. And I think it says something about an actress when you don't like the character. But they do such a good job of portraying that kind of character that they really sink into that role. So I have a lot of respect for that. And I you, thought You didn't see Mariby's Town, did you? No, I have not. It's amazing. Yeah. So I thought there was a lot of talent on display here. Mm-hmm. And some pretty pretty sharp writing for mm-hmm. the most part mm-hmm. so i think three and a half c's is pretty good i would recommend it uh if you're interested mm-hmm. i don't think it's a must watch but i think it's worth checking out if you've been thinking about it for a while okay you?
1: i'm giving it one z uh, is that your lowest rated yet th- no I, I think tick tick, tick, tick boom. boom was oh. here's the question though which one did you like better oh, i know that's a, that's a really good question Maybe I'll give this one one and a quarter Z's because I really (laughs) did not like Tick Tick Boom. Um, I would give it one, maybe slightly higher than a, but not a full Z, sure, uh, because of Jim Carrey's performance. I really think he's good when he's um, lower key. He's so over the top and he's so animated uh, in his comedies that it just it's somewhat painful to watch. I think, especially. Twenty years after the height of his popularity, I
0: think that's the effect Jim Carrey has on everybody. You I love, him or you, right. him. You I love him or you hate him. You love him or you hate
1: him. Although at the time, I really liked it. Like Mister Popper's Penguins, I really liked that film. You saw that? I saw it with you. Thank you very much. But really? anyway, yeah, I mean, you were little, but anyway, I'm giving it one Z, maybe a little more, simply because of Jim Carrey's performance uh, and the fact that this is this is quite a different film. It is. You know, although if you think about all the films we've reviewed in the last month since the uh, redirection of ZZ Talk, we've watched some very different films. And next week's film is different still because we're watching Interstellar, Interstellar, which is very popular but incredibly polarizing. And very long, which does not bode well for you now, does it? <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch it like every night for the next five, so I'm ready for our next. You got recording. some work to do, that's all I'm
0: gonna say. <laughs> I may
1: start it tomorrow, that, that
0: might be a good idea. Um, I'll, see I'll be if, traveling this week
1: though, so I'll be able to,
0: yeah, I'll probably watch it uh in one sitting, but maybe, maybe two, mm-hmm. depending on how things are. But uh, my roommate. Loves it. I think it's his favorite movie of all time. Uh-huh. So he wants to he wants to watch it with us. I think it's going to be. And I know plenty of other people who think it's the greatest movie of all time. So there's obviously some expectation there. I'm here and there on Nolan films. I think mm-hmm. some are great and some are.
1: Yeah, you're quite much overrated. more of a, of a Christopher Nolan fan than I am.
0: Yeah, but I think that's I think that's a good one to go into yeah. because there's definitely a lot of people who have seen that movie. Yeah. And I think we're overdue mm-hmm. for uh, watching it.
1: Yep. Cool. All right. It's time to check it out. And you're up first today. You guys <laughs> uh, <laughs> up first
0: last time. And to be honest, I uh, don't really have that much.
1: <laughs> really? It's been that kind of week?
0: Uh, all right. Let me just throw in something super random here. Okay. So if you're a homeowner or a weekend warrior who gets a lot of uh, renovations uh, done over that time period, especially since it's outdoor um, springtime, Uh, if you ever go to Home Depot, uh, and you're kind of confused because of the giant layout of the store, just download the Home Depot app. You can change the store, uh, to your location by typing in your zip code and you can find any product by typing in keywords and see exactly which aisle and bay it's in. So it makes going to a really big box store a lot less of a hassle. It's definitely helped me out. And I mean, if you're going to Home Depot, it's good to have the app. So definitely download that.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm going to recommend a podcast. Okay. And this is called... Uh, I don't think I've recommended this before. I, I have like, you know, eight go-to podcasts. Right. And this is, this is a fun one. This is not my favorite podcast, but it's, a, it's an enjoyable one. It's called Stuck in the 80s. Huh. And, uh, you know, because it's I'm very essentially very stuck in the 80s, right? But it's these two guys who are a little bit older than me, if you can believe it, and uh, in their mid-50s, because I'm not quite there yet. But... Uh, and they sort of... Uh, talk about the top songs of the 80s or what they'll do is they'll take this is a fun episode they're they're sort of rewriting songs of the 80s mm-hmm. by that I mean they'll take top albums of the 80s yeah, and yeah. instead of you know the 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 big tracks that came from it they'll take an unknown track a, a non-released track and huh. say that's better than you know, X, which was a big hit kind of thing. And it's, it's really, that's that's just one take on it. There's like a, you know, a million, but these guys have been doing it for a while and that's listener value. So yeah, stuck in the 80s. So, uh, you know, I would say it's, it's worth a listen. So check it out.
0: Very cool. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to another episode of ZZ talk next week. We will be watching interstellar, uh, so, this episode is going to obviously drop Wednesday, but we have quite a few more interesting movies on the list. So, stick with us. Yep. All right. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Talk.